All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. Uh, we are recording this. We are usually live on Thursdays at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. Uh, if you're watching this at 11.30 Pacific, uh, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm not sitting here in my basement. Um, but I uh, was really excited to have joining us today, um, Murali Namani. He is the CMO at Science Logic. And uh, we'll get right into it. Um, you know, we we had some great conversations around sort of this and other topics at the um, at the breakthrough conference in December. Um, and it's it's an important one as you know we increasingly in B two B recognize that we're not selling to buildings, uh, that it's people uh, and there's buying committees and there's decision makers, but the process of buying and the democratization of buying. And I think your characterization was the consumerization of B two B is a real thing. And I think if we don't address that and put that into our sales and marketing motions, um, you know, I think we run the risk of not meeting our customers where they are. So first of all, thanks for joining the show. Um, and maybe just Pleasure, a quick Matt. overview of you and Science Logic, and then we can get into it. Yeah. So hi, everyone. So I'm uh, Morali Nimani, and I am the CMO of Science Logic. And uh, we're basically, um, uh, we're, I'm based out of the, the Bay Area. So, so Matt, I am on the other coast with you while you're on the East Coast this week. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a pleasure to, to talk to the community. Um, it, it, our, our company, ScienceLogic, we provide um, AI ops solutions for a lot of the practitioners who are building these resilient digital operations, right? Every business is a digital business today. So we end up saying, okay, if your lifeblood of your business is digital, whether it's your payment systems, your customer applications, et cetera, then how do you make them really resilient and um, almost uh, self-recovering and delivering those great customer experiences and employee experiences? So that's what we do. It's in the category of AI ops. Love it. Love it. So let's, let's talk about this idea of consumerization, because I think, you know, it's it, it's you could on a surface, it looks like we're sort of running against the account based motions that have been happening where we're saying, like, we're no longer just focused on leads. We need to focus on accounts. We need to focus on who are the right accounts and the buying committees within those accounts. And so by doing that, we start to say, OK, there are there are companies we care about and groups of people we care about. And yet. I have yet to see a building pick up the phone. I have yet to see an entire committee together, like, you know, attend a sales call, really. So it, there's it's individual actions that are really the building blocks of all of this. Um, talk a little bit about how you see the sort of yeah. the consumer trends becoming relevant to B2B. Yeah, so... so in the in that whole motion while account based marketing or account you know account based x is really sort of this hyper personalized way of engaging with a subset of accounts you still need to subsequently get that account engaged in meaningful ways right so then the question is okay now we've got a subset of accounts we're getting more intelligence and intel about what the accounts are doing maybe their profiles etc but ultimately how do we progress the conversation, that engagement with those prospects down to the to the area where they proactively want to reach out and engage with us, right? One of the uh, one of the principal problems that we're struggling through and trying to manage is how do we get our prospects to take that phone call, to take that engagement from the BDR, from the inside sales team, so that they feel confident that that engagement isn't a waste of their time or it's a mismatched expectations between what they thought it was and what we're proposing, right? Yeah. And so for us, 
we think about this as this, you know, the consumerization of the B2B experience. You know, the, if you think back of how you buy a car today, right? If you, you don't actually go and visit seven dealerships anymore, do you, Matt? Right? You I haven't in a long time. No, <laughs> thank goodness, you know. Right. And, and that's the, the same effect that's happening on the B2B side. People don't want to talk to seven different vendors and technology uh, uh, providers. They're basically saying, let me self-drive, self-educate, self-learn and experience the product almost virtually in a way that allows them to uh, curate maybe down to two or three partners or vendors that they want to talk to. And so how do you progress that customer or that prospect down that path? And and I think as Forrester says, 70 to 90 percent of the selection process for particular uh, you know, technologies or platforms are done before they engage with the sales or a salesperson. Uh -huh. So I think the, the consumerization, then we are sort of exploring a couple of interesting points. One is, you know, you've heard of Matt, the, the free trial type of a thing. And people are doing free trials as ways to get people to, to, to kick the tires on the product. Uh -huh. But I think there's a precursor step that is actually very powerful. And this is the idea of a virtual product tour. And there is a distinction in my mind between a virtual product tour and a free trial. Free trial basically says I, I set it up and I am now driving within my environment with the real product. And I can and it's a level of commitment that is possibly a, a deeper commitment to go and try something out. But a virtual product tour basically says, let me give you a virtual sort of click step by step where you're driving, but navigating my product around use cases that are very focused around creating business outcomes that are important to you. So now you get to see the entire thing, but you're not actually in a, a physical build out and so forth that you might be having to deploy AWS resources to go do. So now that is one example of where customers can see the actual instance of that product and around the use cases and they're driving and navigating and they get that feel like this is either something that is good for me or this is not what I thought the product was going to do. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and I think that, you know, what you're doing there is you're you're creating transparency for the buyer, for the prospect. You're helping them understand what to look behind the curtain at what they're getting into. I think you're reducing risk and uncertainty. And I think a lot of times Look, the status quo is a powerful thing, man. I mean, just, yeah. it's pulling us back to where we are. And so, if there, if there are, if there is friction in between you and the status quo, even if it's like, well, I'm not really sure what it looks like, or I'm not really sure how easy it's going right. to be to use. Or you say, I don't need to use IT. You know, this idea of you know the the virtual tour or the deep fake in some cases environment um, can work a lot. And I think one of the things that that brings in is. The fact that you know you're building trust through not like a single act but a body of work you have to do multiple things you know to build a to sort of sort of say like across all of these experiences i feel like this is a company i trust yeah and there's What's essentially three three kind of things that you can do to build that trust the first one is this virtual product tour that gives you a, an instance of what the product can or cannot do to your satisfaction around case use cases that are important to you the other one is the idea of a you know ROI calculator, which is the economic buyer interest, right? One is a technical buyer's interest, right? The other is an economic buyer. And they say, look, from an 
economics perspective, what is the investment thesis for making this, right? And how does mm -hmm. that play out within my budget profile? And so if you can build out a, you know, not just the classic ROI calculator type of thing, Matt, but the ability to validate that, one of the, the pitfalls is, uh -huh. You know, unless you have that validated by some third party, it can look like you're an arms dealer selling arms, right? And you're telling yeah. them the you know justification of buying your arms, right? right. Um, so I think in that sense, how you know, our we've done a partnership with Forrester where Forrester goes and economically validates with our customers the legitimacy of the ROI calculator. Mm -hmm. And then we use that as the basis for how we power this web-based calculator. Then right. the customers come in with slider bars around what their criteria is, and they can then see the economic validation from Forrester, which then they can take to the CFO, right? And say, look, now not, not only do, does this product meet my needs through the virtual product tour, now I can take it to the economic uh, you know, decision committee and say, this is how Forrester is validated across four different customers, the kind mm -hmm. of gains that we're talking about. And then yep. the last bit is essentially the, um, the idea of customer case studies, but customer case studies around, not focused around the technology, but around the business outcomes that were created, which further legitimizes the economic incentive to go make that. So I think this is the progression that I see that moves the prospect with more trust and confidence that this is either a good fit or not a good fit and hopefully makes it easier for the BDR and the inside sales teams to get that first meeting, to get that deeper engagement for a demo and proof of value. So good. We're talking today on Sales Platform Radio with Murali Namani. He's the CMO at Science Logic, talking about different flavors of the consumerization of B2B and sort of how to land the plane really on that. I think your last point about case studies and the and the, the orientation of case studies is really important. Right? You your product and service is not the hero. Your customer yeah. is the hero. Their outcome is the hero. You know, you're the sword. You may be the tool that they use to get there, but you the more they see themselves as the hero, the more they see themselves in the story, in the outcome, as the hero, as the success at the end of the movie, like that's what you want. And so let's talk about like how you execute this because you, there, there is no single piece of content. There is no, you know, one webinar to end all webinars where you're going to get a cold prospect to show up and then be totally sold at the end. And I mentioned earlier, body of work, like how, how do you start to execute this across sales and marketing motions in a consistent way? Yeah, so there's two parallel motions, maybe three parallel motions. One is um, obviously there is the 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 body of content in supporting this experiential kind of insights, right? So your product marketing team has to do a hot, lot of heavy lifting in building out the virtual product tour, right? Your product marketing team then has to do heavy lifting around the economic you know, calculator plus yeah. the case studies that are, you know, about business outcomes. So there's a group that has to do that. Then there is a group that runs your ABM campaigns, right? Which is your classic demand gen engines, right? Mm -hmm. They are high super focused on trying to get the right personalized outcomes engagements to the targets, which then pull them into the experience that you're trying to deliver on your website to help them nurture them, develop them as they progress them through the, the product marketing assets. And then the last step is the BDR organizations in the way they take that intent data, that take the consumption of which assets they're spending time on, which mm -hmm. solutions are they exploring in the virtual product tour? You know, how are they then using that to 
look at an economic calculator which says, I see the domain that they're operating in. I see what kind of economic gains that they've been looking for. And now the conversation can be accelerated by the BDR, the inside sales team, with all this information about the prospect's particular scenario. So mm -hmm. that is the connective tissue, if you will, between mm -hmm. those three groups to move this prospect further down the funnel. Okay, so easy for us to say here, right? Um, you know, a lot of cases, I mean, I've seen a lot of CMOs say, yeah, I know this is the right approach, but then their sales team or their board has read a certain sales book that says, no, just just make enough calls, just make enough calls and send a bunch of like scorched earth emails and you'll yeah. get enough people into the pipeline, let alone all the people you just pissed off that you tried to push too far too fast. So there is a culture change component yeah. to making this possible, you know, for the marketing leaders that are hearing this and saying, yeah, I get it, but like, how do I get my board behind it, how to get my CEO behind it. How do you teach that culture change internally? How do you, where do you start? Yeah, I think it, it starts with um, one is, look, people like to be shown a vision for how mm -hmm. the world is moving to, towards a particular direction, right? I think the board gets it that when you talk about the consumerization of the B2B experience, they get it. Because every time I tell my board, look, do you buy the car? Do you still buy, visit seven dealerships? They're like, no. I, that's, I was like, that's exactly what our customers are doing to us. They yeah. don't actually go meet seven vendors. They don't actually, they do all this homework on their well ahead of their time. And yeah. so when I make that argument, they get it viscerally because it's part of their behavior and they understand that they can see themselves, their, our prospects and our customers in that. So that's argument number one. The argument number two is then painting a picture of if you want to empower and enable the prospect to be self-serving, what does that vision look like? And then being able to articulate that either through some sort of a visual experience like you can put together of what mm -hmm. this experience we just talked about and showing that to them because now, you know, those that that video is worth, you know, a gazillion words. Right. And mm -hmm. so that is the second way. And then the third way is then building these different components together across the sales, marketing, the customer success team, so that it's now consistent across those different. And that takes internal buy in from your sales teams, your BDR leadership, your product leadership, et cetera, to make that all come together. And that's that's I think is part of if you're going to make this journey, go make the journey with buy-in from those organizations. I love that. Yeah, I think it, you know if you're if you're facing headwinds internally, you've got a couple of things working your advantage. You have analogies for sure. I think you brought up the car buying experience a couple of times. Like you think think about like what the car buying experience would look like if mo if it was run like a typical B two B sales process. Right. You can't get in the car until you <laughs> buy it. You want to test drive it? You can do that after you've committed to buying it, right? <laughs> okay. It sounds ridiculous because this is what we're used to with a car, but like, right. how is it not the same with a major software or service? Um, no, I mean, I, you can buy, you can literally pick your colors. You can price your prob car. You can look at peer-to-peer -peer -peer reviews. You can yeah. see videos of the 360 degree inside, outside, you know, that's what to modern car buying experiences. And I think that's what we have to do for B2B software. Yeah. And you right. can't you can't get in the car until you go through like a four day orientation on how to drive the car. We got to teach you. We got to onboard you before we can let you anywhere near the car. Um, but also, like, I mean, I think, you know, for other people that are saying like this isn't this is a challenge, I think. to Yeah. But I think, you know, there are so many companies that are doing this and seeing results. So it's exciting to hear, Morale, what you guys are doing at Science Logic to really move the needle on this. 
Um, I know we're about out of time, but thank you so much for joining us today, sharing a little bit about your perspective on this. Um, certainly very enlightened and love to, to see some, love seeing some of the examples and output of what you guys are producing. Yeah, and I will, you know, give us a little bit. We'll bring this all out um, in the in the coming uh, coming months. And uh, so this has not been it's not a quick thing that you do overnight. But I think if you have the right vision and the right fortitude and you can rally the support of the organization, I think this is where as a community, we need to move towards that consumerization of the B2B experience. And we're gonna do a lot of good, good we're gonna give goodwill to our prospects, our customers, and in the way they learn about what, what we have to offer. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching uh, virtually from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, thanks for watching and listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. We'll see you next week. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone.